Alien Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 190, or in Justin's case, 191. Yes, I was, <laughs> dude. You know, I was just trying uh, to accelerate the uh, the episode count. I'm really excited <laughs> hmm. about getting to 200. 200. By, so we're gonna start counting by twos. Yes, next will be one. <laughs> nah, next. I feel like 194 is a good round number for next week. Mm. Oh, I, I like it. Hmm. Someone pays you to do math. Yes, they do. So we're all here. Nick's here. Justin's here. Jess here. What's up, guys? What's up, dude? Not much. I'm tired. It's a. It I was too a rough tired. ass week. A long man. week. It was, it was a long week. Definitely. I'm gonna go ahead and start because my weekend started off like shit. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> bring, bring us in. <laughs> So, okay, the way, I mean, she's talk about some nice weather, man. I mean, almost, almost that, uh, you don't really want to bitch about it because, you know, we're just getting into summer and winter was just here and it was just cold not too long ago. And, and you just like find yourself going, God damn it. It's just so hot. And then you kind of look around and make sure no one heard you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that kind of weather. So I get to the field and, um. Still dealing with the twelve volt charging. <clears throat> How you liking that? Whoa! They're I going out. This someone's weekend. dropping a hint. <laughs> yes, he is. I. It's not my fault. There's no. You freaking. You think you'd be thankful? I. I am eternally grateful. Eternally. <laughs> well, don't Lying be. Don't be thankful shit. yet. You haven't plugged them in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So speaking of plugging things in. I uh, got to the field and <laughs> I'm actually going to tell you guys a story about plugging shit in. I know. Okay. I know where this is going. Can't wait. I, I was, uh, you know, kind of that whole, I don't know, that whole like, uh, I was, I remember that it was like the night before I was at work and I'm thinking, oh, really, I'm really tired. I want to go home, but I'm going to go fly tomorrow. So. I'm kind of looking at a battery that needs to be, I want I'm shortening the, the leads on the battery. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just one battery. Just, just do it and be done with it. So I proceed to shorten the leads, put a couple new EC fives on it. So fast forward to the next morning, I get out to the field and I go to plug in this pack and, um, the EC five vaporized in my hand and I burnt my finger. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, in a hurry, uh, I swapped two of the leads, negative and positive. Mm. Yeah. And when were you doing the uh, the soldering? What time? At work. At, oh, I 
don't know, eight, 8 o'clock at night, 8.30. Okay, yeah. You know, at work, getting ready to leave, tired. Tired, just not paying home. attention, just trying to get it done. I just remember I I go to plug it in and, and just zap. I'm like, <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, I'm like, I literally was standing there and I'm like, what in the fuck just happened? <laughs> what? What just happened? He's dumbfounded. We call it, he's like, <laughs> and I looked down at my uh, pointer finger on my right hand, and it's healed up fairly well. But uh, I don't know from the first knuckle down to about the where the, the knuckle where your finger attaches to your palm, or your hand, hmm. all black. But uh, there was a nice little burn mark. No fingerprint left. No, actually, I, I didn't get that side of my finger so, uh, from the first knuckle down. But uh, yeah, it, um, and I looked into the EC5, uh, the one side of the EC5 on both my charging lead and my battery was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, we call that battery C rating testing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, so at no point me, while you were plugging nice. them in, did you get somewhat concerned in slow motion as you saw the black wire moving towards the red wire. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Didn't even think about it. I just figured it was right. Uh, it's the first time I've ever, ever messed one of those up. And uh, I mean, I've melted shit before. Like, you know, I've told you guys a story about melting the, uh, the multimeter <laughs> test problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Disintegrated those just gone. That's the first time you've done this? First time I've ever done that on an EC5. God, because we were, you were telling us that story, and I was laughing to Justin that I just, this last weekend, uh, soldered in my sixth fuse into um, my Revelectrix, the, um, the parallel charging board. The board, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I soldered in my sixth fuse. Which wow. is yeah that uh, that board that you wanted Othello and gave to me because I'm using EC fives yeah had I been using that would that have not happened I mean would have it would not have happened yeah it would have oh, saved shit. it guess guess what I'm going to be using from now on <laughs> yeah yep and I mean you know like the Rev Electrics I'm not going to say it's convenient because soldering a fuse into a you know an automotive style fuse into a circuit board takes a little bit of you know, finagling, Finesse. but dude, yeah, oh man, I would be blowing shit up. I uh-huh. that thing has been so handy. I have popped fuses and not even known it. Like I just go back to charge and I get that like cell noid alarm, and you're like, "What the hell is this all about, <laughs> asshole? What do you mean it's all plugged in?" He presses the button me. and walks away for a sandwich, thinking his shit's gonna be done. <laughs> yeah, comes back. I come back, nothing. and then you find out the fuse is blown, and I was just like, huh. Wonder when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so after that little, uh, after that little fireworks show, um, I finished charging my other pack. So I got two of those stick packs, and I went to went to put it into the. And, I, and the night before, I I had my heli on the bench, and of course, I rewired it. Fantastic wiring job, by the way, which has to be kind of redone now sucks i'll explain why here in a minute are you you're being Uh, sarcastic about the fantastic or did you act because i remember you were unhappy originally 
with the wiring yeah, job, but then right? I redid it and it was probably the cleanest wiring job I've ever done. I mean, it's completely Sano. It's amazing. And, uh, so I went, I was doing it on the bench. I was, you know, I plugged in the one side of the battery and, uh, of course I moved the icon. So I had to tell, tell the firmware where it was sitting and the orientation went through a few things, just kind of double check. Everything's working great. So the next morning after the battery incident, Get the other pack charged, put it in, plug it in uh, to the you know the side the BEC is wired into, and of course it does its check. I pick the helicopter up off the off the bench and uh, check for swash uh, correction. Everything is good mm-hmm. to go. I go to plug in the other side, the 12s of the 12s, and I don't hear what I typically hear. I don't hear the 12 beeps. I thought, hmm, well, that's, that's weird. And I went to pick up the helicopter by the head, and now the servos are completely limp. Nothing's working. I got power to the BEC. I got power to the receiver, but I don't have any power to the icon. And I'm staring at this thing going, what in the hell is wrong? Never did figure it out. Give okay, First, I, I, try, I called uh, Nick. Of course, he doesn't answer when I call. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I called well, that Justin makes me I... feel even better that I was the second on the list. I <laughs> <laughs> called Justin and, and I kind of tell him how what's going on. And he's like, oh, dude. Uh, you wired the BEC into the wrong side of the ESC. The, the positive side, the high side, I guess they call it, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I'm like, this is great. What does this, what does this mean? And frankly, that's actually kind of what he was like. I told he was pissed. Like, dude, you were not in a good place at that point. So I explained like it was, it was the first thing that popped in my head. I'm like, oh no, dude, you didn't. What, what, what happened? Okay. Well, and I went through and I explained the whole thing. The output of the BEC is not isolated from the input. So you got to. You got to tie He's speaking it speaking Latin as right. far as I'm concerned. And and so after I explained it like a couple of different ways, he would not have it like it didn't add up. And then he just kind of like the equivalent of stormed off the phone. He's like, all right, dude, I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I got to go. No, that's not <laughs> that's not what I said. I said, so did I fry my first before I did hang up? I said, did I fry my controller? And you said, well. It's hard to tell. You're going to have to plug in a yep. uh, pack, a receiver pack and find out. And I was like, fuck. All right. Then I hung up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know exactly what's happened yet. I just have not had the gumption to figure it out. But I got to rewire it. I got to redo it. Uh, I do know that my um, controller will not power up with with a uh, regular 7.4 LiPo. So I think we should, I'm going to step in, because there's probably some people like, what? You wired what? So what Justin is talking about, when you are going to do a BEC on 6S in a 12S system, so that you can just plug in one battery and power up all your fly barless system and your receiver, the negative of the BEC has to be tied to the negative of your 12S 
chain or your 12S series circuit because you got your two success packs. So you come positive off of one pack, yeah, right? That goes into the positive of your ESC. Then the negative of that pack plugs into the positive of the other pack. And then finally, you have your negative that goes to the negative of the ESC. Well, you absolutely have to have your negative of the BEC coming off of the negative of the ESC, that same wire. Yes. It doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. It's like witchcraft. It's like, it's, well, it's, it, it, I mean, and it's a, it's a simple just, mistake, Dan. That's the bottom line. I, I mean, I've yeah. talked to a number of people who've made the mistake and they have a similar reaction, which is electricity. It doesn't make what? any sense because the BEC is supposed to be able to handle the voltage. So, and it, it's supposed to output it, the voltage that you tell it to output. It may not make sense, but I bet you'll follow it next time. Yeah, actually, I'm thinking about just going straight back <laughs> to nitro. because on most <laughs> of these BECs, there's no isolation between input and output. And so if you plug it into the, quote, high side, like I, like I told you, what you basically have is the 8 volts that you are uh, running the BEC output at floating on top of one of your 6-cell packs. So it's actually up at, 30-ish volts. Nice. Stuff doesn't like that. It's like Charlie Common Brown's mode voltage is not <laughs> fun for a lot of electronics. Yeah, it's like electronics needs to be feared. It's like religion. Ridiculous. But anyway, so yeah, that happened. Yay! Which means I have to go ahead and rewire the E700 as well. Because I did it the exact same way. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. So yeah. So I got to get another flyball, uh, another controller, and thanks, Jack, for stealing that uh, that one out from underneath me on the. Oh yeah, buddy, calling you out. Calling you out, you man. have taken every opportunity to throw him under the bus for that. <laughs> uh, it doesn't end there. So I'm at the field, and and me and Fred are staring at this helicopter, like just staring at it, like hoping that I, you know, maybe I don't know the force. It'll just fucking start working <laughs> you, know? you you were willing oh. i was willing it to work just didn't happen just didn't work so i said well shit and then i had my i had my nitro there but i hadn't put a new controller on it and i'm a little leery of flying it with that usb connector the way it is you know when it shuts off but self <laughs> does a reset so i didn't want to do that so fred's like hey i got an idea I'm like, oh yeah, what's that? You can fly one of my planks. I'm like, eh. So he goes and flies it. And after he flies this, yeah, shit, I'll fly that. I'll fly it. What the hell? So it's not a big plank. It's a smaller one. It's a little electric number. And I'm just kind of lazily flying this thing around. I'm like, yeah, this isn't too fun, but it's better than nothing, right? <laughs> this isn't too this isn't fun. Too fun. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh so i start getting a little more daring with it and uh getting real close to the ground and and uh screwing around going inverted and stuff and get a, <laughs> get a little dumb thumbish with it <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh i crashed fred's plank are you <laughs> it was serious? a strike day for me yes i crashed it it was funny oh it was, man uh, i, I 
it was kind of like a lawn dart because the, <laughs> it, the ground is so, you know, it's flooding season here and, and, uh, of course we've been getting a lot of rain. So, you know, I come around and I, I don't know, I was just not thinking, I guess. And I, I saw it coming, it was upright and it was going down and I was trying to get it to go up. But guess what I was doing to make it go up? Trying to make it go up. I was giving. You were giving <laughs> it more collective. I was. So I was speeding it up. I was making it come to the ground even faster. And it came in at about a, I don't know, 45, 50 degree angle. And it just stuck. Tail in the air. Went about six, six inches in the ground. <laughs> well, then that it, so it probably didn't get too much damage then. It didn't get any damage at all, except he had, he had to take the motor apart. And clean the mud out of it. Oh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> mm. So he has a, he had another plank there, and he goes, hey, fly this one. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. It's a three-strike. It's time to pack it up and go home. <laughs> right, like I, Nick, I like Nick said at Othello, sometimes you just got to know when <laughs> enough is enough. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I just, uh, man, it was a horrible weekend and the weather was beautiful. And I just, uh, I was like, it was just one of those wasted weekends, you know, and, uh, busy as hell at work. Just haven't had a, a chance. Yeah. I've had a chance, but I've just, every time I've been away from work, I've just been like, I'm just going to chill out and drink iced tea and watch TV, you know? So I haven't really had a chance to get anything else going. So, and and this weekend I'm just not even going to go. I am just going to relax this weekend. <laughs> you got to do sleep. it, man. But uh Yeah, that was my fantastic weekend. Wow. I had to do the uh I put, you know that new canopy I put on the Forza? Mhm. Yeah. I had to do the old uh hair dryer trick with that. Works that works so good. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. yeah, it uh, shaped it up nicely. Was a little concerned because uh, the BEC where it's at fits perfectly under the original stock canopy, but this one here had different shape. It wasn't fitting so well, and the main gear was rubbing on both sides. Uh, got all that taken care of, so it's ready. Looks good. I love that new canopy. Nice. It uh, it's got black in the middle, so it's like it's like hot colors on the ends. Cooler colors, colors in the middle, and it just—it's uh, got the right colors for me: uh, orange and, and yellow. Sweet, dude. Nice. Yeah, it looks really good. It was a little, a little trickier than I was hoping to get that new canopy on. They just—the uh, tail, especially the tail cover. You know, they—they kind of mess up the aligning when they paint it, right? Because you get all that extra paint. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, true. And in the back, they covered up two holes completely uh, with paint. That I didn't have the proper tools to clean those holes out, so I tried to do it with a drill bit. It's really hard to make a nice square hole. It's a nice square you know, hole in a frame with a drill bit. <laughs> I agree. It's hard or to make a square it. hole with a drill bit. <laughs> <laughs> with a round drill bit? <laughs> with a cylindrically shaped drill bit? It's really tough when you. Mm. When that's all you have is a drill bit yeah. to mm-hmm. make a... A square. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm starting to <laughs> feel I, uh, the challenge. But I got it. It looks all right. Nice. <laughs> I'll so be anyway, it's, circular. No, uh, it's it's square. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, well, dog. So, yeah, yeah. Push it to the side a little bit and grind away and go to the corners. <laughs> oh, do you, you? Are you serious? So you didn't even have like a Dremel tool? I didn't have a Dremel because when you try to walk a drill like that, what ends up happening is you turn the circular hole into like a squiggly worm-shaped line because it bites on one side and like chews the crap out of the material. <laughs> Yeah, I was able to make it looks all right. I mean, it doesn't. It would look. It would look great, better if I had, I had the right tool, but I didn't. So, anyway, great week. I had a great week. <laughs> wow. We say it all the time. We are the ninety-nine percent. I have Alan with me to tell me about his experiences with the Soko Heli tool. Well, Dan, I am the ninety-nine percent. But the Soko Heli tool has redefined the way that I set up helicopters. I've owned the Soko Heli tool for almost six months now, and I've used it on every helicopter that I have. I love it because you can pair it with the app. You can set your swash blade up level every time without using a swash leveling tool. The blades are already tracked before you make your first flight. All you're concentrating on is fly barless tuning because you've done it right, and it is exceptionally easy with the Soko Heli tool. Thanks, Alan. Well, there you have it, folks. Straight from the horse's mouth, the heart and soul of the hobby. So if you're looking to find out more about the Soko Heli tool, you can go to www.soko-heli-tools.com. I'm going to I'm going to go next because uh. I'm hoping that these guys can make it a little positive. Uh I I see your shitty weekend. <laughs> And I'm right there. Oh, <laughs> I am right goodness. there with you. I have entered a realm that is not a realm that I am all that familiar with. And I'm sure all of these parents out there are going to go, oh, what? I have a six-year-old boy who is extremely well-behaved. Uh, he's polite. And I got very lucky, except for... The devil that came out of this child this weekend. Oh, my God. (laughs) (sighs) So we went camping, a very short camping trip, not very far away, one city away for one day. And he was just, oh, my God. Just the crying and the, the overacting and the... (sighs) (laughs) it was i was not feeling it at all i was exhausted when i got off of work and and then you know we got up saturday and we just i should have just said no but i didn't (laughs) like i think you need to have a chat with kayla this could help me Uh, yeah well let me tell you i mean i think even my poor wife was regretting it by the end of the weekend because it was just i mean it was bad. I, I, you know, our summers are generally so short here that last summer I was way deep in the doghouse because we didn't hardly go camping. And pretty much all that I did was helicopter stuff. So when she's asked this summer, hey, can we go do something this weekend? I am learning and I'm saying, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> but I should have said no. Because it just didn't work out. It was too short and too much work. And then the kid and the the, the 
the crying in the, <laughs> oh, man. you know, oh, he's, at one point I'm oh. like, that's it. We are going home now. Get in the truck. We are going straight home. He's, he's got tears just rolling down his face and he's trying to stand up in front of me and, and he, he's doing his best to suck it up. And he's saying, dad, I, I, I will pull myself together. <laughs> and I'm like, you have so lost your shit, it's not even funny. It's over. You're a goddamn train wreck. You are just a train wreck. It's like living with a Kardashian. You need to go. No. So... <laughs> We, we we cut the extremely short camping trip even shorter. Did you and even spend a night there? We spent. We got there and got set up. You know, which it's it's not it's not a big deal, but it is a big travel trailer. And you know, you mm-hmm. got the bump out and oh, the jacks, yeah. and you know the bikes, and mm-hmm. God knows all the rest of the shit that goes along with it, and. So I got set up at noon on Saturday, and we rolled out of there at 11.30 on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So by the time I came home, uh, he was, for the first time in his life, grounded to his room for the rest of the day. I was, I love my son to death, but yeah, it was in his best interest to stay far away. (laughs) (sighs) And then I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm pretty old school in the, in the discipline and the following through with stuff. Like I, I, I follow through with everything that I say. <laughs> so, um, my wife was, <laughs> you could tell she had that look like, oh, please don't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she, she was like, well, you can go out and, and fly if you want. But I was dead set and determined that I was going to finish what I started with that kid. So I just chilled out in the living room the rest of the day, played some video games, and 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 dealt with the crying and the whining and the talking. And yeah, yeah, I so. think I'd rather burn my finger. Oh <laughs> yeah. man, yeah, like, I think you beat right. Dan, dude. Yeah, Maybe you should have gone first after burning his uh, finger. Blowing up his icon and crashing his friend's plank, you still win. Yeah, you win. I'd crash Fred's planks all day long rather than to, a, to that. avoid that situation, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was not good. But okay, so then, yeah, like Dan, this week has just been a nightmare. Uh, my niece's car needed work, and uh, but I have gotten out at lunch, uh, really in. J- enjoyed those two two flights i need to get more packs for the 700s because two flights at lunch just isn't cutting it but um i thoroughly enjoyed them and just you know the last flight that i put in on on thursday man that felt good i mean just i've got i feel like i've got the helis so dialed in that i just went out there and hammered on it and really enjoyed myself and uh, kind of got got reset. So I am nice. uh, 
yeah, I'm excited to get out this weekend. Uh, I need to say thank you to Hobby Wing and Randy. He's one of our uh, Arizona guys. He's a Hobby Wing rep. Uh, he got it set up um, for me to try uh, the Hobby Wing 100 amp. Uh, Justin, you did? Do you have that one? Or no, no you have I've got I've got the 50 amp on my Goblin right. 380. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So I'm driving down tomorrow to steal my Goblin back from Justin, uh, so <laughs> that I can put this Hobby Wing in there, and then, uh, I, yeah, I'm really excited. I I want to get. I'd been wanting to put that one on the 500, but just kind of got distracted, and this worked out. So it's like, dude, sweet. Um, and then also, um, I decided, you know, I kind of made a decision. It's not like a, you know, it's not a team thing or anything. But, you know, Bert, Bert supports the show. I put the BKs, I put the brushless BKs in one model. And I, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, you know, I'll I'll put a set of the Coralist ones in the other one just so I can experience them. And, and I enjoy supporting the people that, that support our show. You know, you, you try this stuff out. You make sure it's all legit and, you know, you're not compromising on anything. And they're actually really, really, really good servos. And I was so happy with them. So it's like, okay, well, I'll put some servos up for sale. And, uh... It just worked out in this really weird way where I got one set sold and then another guy was trying to transition his stuff to all Futaba. So we ended up swapping BKs for Futaba. And by then I'd already had a set on order from Bert. So long story short, uh, here come like Monday or Tuesday, all of my helis are going to be flying BKs. Nice, that, dude. It just that's how it it worked out. I yeah, and and everyone kind of ended up happy. Uh, Chris, who I traded with, he's all stoked, and it's just like yeah, crap. So you know, kind of go back through them again. I definitely, I still have another Western Robotics on my list. I love that BEC. Okay, and I'm at that point now where, like, it's got my confidence. You know, I've got enough flights on it to where I don't think about it anymore. And yeah, I don't know if I could go back. I mean, I I do think that I'm gonna order. I think I'm gonna order another buffer unit, or, or two more buffer units, and run those on all of them because I just love them. I I really just love the safety um, of that. But I'm not sure if I'm going to have to run like a, a BEC guard in there. That's what I don't know. So going to do a little bit more research on that because Western Robotics in their instructions uh, has a picture with no buffer packs. Oh, well, then you're going to have yes. to get a guard. Yep. Hmm. So that should be pretty easy. Either R2 makes one uh, or mm-hmm. OptiPower has theirs. You just plug in line right into that, uh, yep. into the line of the buffer unit that Keeps you from doing all the bad stuff. But yeah, super happy with the models. Can't wait to get down and and fly tomorrow. And just yeah, fly. Coming to snow no, home Yeah, the, just fly, 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 fly. Oh, I got a, I made a hat cam. I got oh, one I of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. 
I got one of those Mobius cameras. I got the narrow field of view one, not the wide. And Dan, I'm right there. Just talk about a goddamn disaster all week. I could not get my shit together. I mean, it would be just between work and like I'd go to work one day and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Make sure and throw that camera in so you can use it at lunch. So I get there, pop open my transmitter case. Yeah, I got the camera. It's not charged. Shit, where's the hat? You dumbass. Oh, you the hat dude. <laughs> yeah. nice. So then the next day, it's like, okay, leave the camera in there because you're way too stupid to take it out and put it on the hat and then get the hat back in there. So just leave the camera in. The next day, get the hat. Okay. Now, and then maybe the next day, I couldn't go out and fly at lunch. So that's one more day after that. I go out there to fly, go to turn it on, get some funny flashes. What the heck's going on? Dude. You dumbass. SD card. Yes, you left the SD card in your computer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh are, is I this just, real, dude? Yeah. Like, seriously, this, I, all this crap happened? Yeah, this has been a just a hugely busy week. I have so much stuff going on uh, that I just couldn't pull it together. <laughs> I just couldn't pull it together this week. But... Uh, like Dan said, I'm just going to fly this weekend and I have a potential job opportunity I need to do some studying for. So I'm just going to kind of chill and study and uh, get a little bit of flying in and kind of regroup my bearings. Good call, man. Yeah, it sounds nice. like you do need to kind of I see a, slow it down anyway, a little I bit. <laughs> I see a big weekend mm-hmm. of video gaming this weekend. That's what I see. Yeah, and you know that's not bad. I don't think I don't feel like that. I'm I'm serious, and what I mean, we joke about it, but what I said at Othello, it's like when you get in one of those streaks. I really believe the as 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 much as I hate to say it, the correct thing to do is to walk away. Just walk away for a couple of days, even take a week off if you need to. Yeah. Come back to it with a clear head. I mean, we're trying to juggle life, you know, families and work. And uh, even despite how awesome the weather has been, I mean, we're always, it's never warm here. Mm -hmm. Like warm, warm. So I'm even, like this week has been a struggle to get used to the hotter weather again. That is true. And that, you know, that that contributes to running you down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm hot, and I'm just like, wow, I don't have any energy, and then my allergies have been kind of bugging me, and so that's where you the sand is not coming out of your vagina. Yeah, well, no, and, it's and you know why? There Dan, because it's hot, and so it's like sweaty and stuff, Sticky. and it's just really, oh. it's not good all around. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna call it an off week, but I. I'm not ready to throw in the towel because I, I mean, the flights that I got were just, oh, they felt amazing. So I'm going to capitalize on that. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I kind of feel the same way. Had I had some motivation and time to redo my heli this week, I would go flying tomorrow, but I am, I just don't, I don't want to deal with it. (laughs) 
now. I just want to relax this yeah, week. And that's why it's perfect to just say, yep. screw it. I'm going to get back to it next week. Yeah. Yep. Don't think well, about and, it. Well, and work should be a little bit easier next week for you. Yes? No? Still crazy? <laughs> oh, dude. I, I'll go with yes. How's that sound? <laughs> just say yes. I'll just say yes. What the hell? Yeah, like you just psych yourself out. There you go. No. I mean, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it's not going to change anyway, so. <sighs> All right. Well, I, I'm, I think I'm going to move into my section and hopefully. Do it. Hopefully bring the tone up a little bit. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Last week. Well, I, I'm just going to get it out of the way. I'm going to take a no fly this week. Oh, my. But no flag. But it's okay. Like I, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I'll explain to you why. This week has been just like you guys said. It's been a crazy week. Uh, it it's been busy at work, busy busy in life in general, super busy in uh, heli stuff. Uh, we've been doing a lot of fun fly planning behind the scenes, uh, working with Sean to make sure that the 3D trials are all set up. Um, doing the Urcha Speed Cup Tech Director stuff, as well as actually getting all my stuff put together. But I had a really cool accomplishment this week uh, on a side project that I've been working for a while, and I think I've mentioned it before on the shows. I've gotten a number of people who have pinged me over the last couple of months on how can I safely discharge my batteries say you know from fully charged to storage charge or even in a situation where the battery's dead and you want to dispose of it safely and so now you want to discharge it down to the point where it's no longer a danger of exploding or burning when it's punctured and so i set out a while back to come up with a way to do it and write a tech tip on it and I've been messing with it on and off. There have been weeks where I haven't touched it for a while. And then a week or two, I'll come back and play with it. Uh, and I finally, I think, got to the point where I've got a good solution here. So, the you know, the, the caveat on it is that it's not, it's not as simple of a solution as just going to AutoZone and buying a couple of headlights and plugging them in. Uh, I, it's, it's a little bit more elegant of a solution, but... I think when I get the tech tip out, you guys will see it's really not that big of a deal. So in a nutshell, what I've done is uh, come up with a, a discharge, a battery discharge circuit that you can actually choose within reason the discharge current that you're going to set for draining that particular pack. Uh, and it basically uses a number of stacked regulators linear regulators uh in current limit and as you add those up in parallel you add more current uh, capability to the discharger uh, so they come in at about two amps a piece you put 10 of them together that's 20 amps you put a 25 volt six cell battery across it that's a 500 watt discharger the, uh, the challenge behind it hasn't been the electrical design, quite frankly, uh, although there are a couple of little bits and pieces there. It's been the thermal design because a few hundred watts 
is a lot of energy to dissipate. And uh, so I, I've had a number of different iterations. And as you, as you guys have seen over the course of the last week or two <laughs> in random text messages of pictures, I think, Dan, you originally called the one of the earlier versions uh, what appeared to be a medieval torture device. <laughs> I've moved on from that. And and uh, so the final version that I'm at right now basically takes 10 of these LM317 linear regulators. They're like 50 cents a piece. So there's five bucks. Uh, two pieces of aluminum plate at about 30 or 40 cents a piece from the hobby shop. And then two $10 computer heat sink fan combos. Plugs it together and you've got a 15 or 20 amp discharge load that will take uh, my 6 and 7S 5000 packs from fully charged to 3.8, 3.85 storage in about 8 to 12 minutes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty reasonable. And so, you know, I, I actually, I think I'm going to use this myself beyond just the tech tip because oftentimes I will get lazy, at least on my 3D packs. And I'll say, yeah, you know what? I charged it up, ended up having to take off from the field earlier than I thought. So I got a fully charged 12 cell pack that I was going to put in the, you know, the, the Goblin 770 or whatever. Well, I'll probably fly next week or you know, during the lunchtime in the week. So I'll just leave it charged. Well, guess what? Stuff comes up, <laughs> week's busy, week goes by, it's still charged. And I always shy away from doing the discharging, knowing that I don't remember it until late at night, and it takes hours to get through <laughs> when you're discharging at only a couple of amps, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hoping this will end up being a useful tool and it won't be too intimidating of a project for uh, any of the listeners out there that are interested in giving it a try. And I'll I'll do my best to get the tech tip written up and published in the next few weeks. So cool. that was a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Next on the list, what I. Uh, what I finally got around to doing is setting up some telemetry alarms on my jetty for the speed helis. So I had mentioned last time I got all the J logs put together. Uh, they're awesome. They give me all the telemetry that I need, but I wanted to take it further than just being able to read it on a plot. Now I want to use it as a tool to tell me what's going on while I'm flying. So, you know, the, the first and most obvious one is the, the capacity consumption so that you don't have to do the timer anymore. No big deal. All the radios have it. I set that up. Uh, but then I did two additional ones that I'm actually pretty excited to try out tomorrow when we go flying, Nick. And that is a speed alarm. And so basically I set it, say, uh, whenever the speed exceeds a certain amount, in this case, 250 kilometers an hour, uh, about 155 miles per hour it will send off an alarm that says high speed and then it will read repeat and read the data points for the speed until it drops below 250 and that way i've now got an audio indication of when my runs are good and clean and i'm hitting those speeds 
because you know what you end up doing is you go up you do a lot a, a number of runs some of them feel good some of them look good some of them don't and then you got to go back and try to remember well oh crap that mm-hmm. was a good one in the data which one was that was that left to right or was it right to left so this will give me more of sort of a gotcha. real-time indication the other one is fet temperature in the cosmic because last weekend I actually got a thermal shutdown on the TDR after going back through and, and looking at the data. So, you know, I set it to 85C and it'll give me an alarm now when uh, I get to that point so that I can actually take action as opposed to having to deal with the whole slow shutdown thermal cutoff. Uh, I'm also getting ready for Urcha. I got to buy... A double hard golf bag case luggage thing. So you bought it? I haven't yet. I'm going to this weekend. Mm. It's expensive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. It's like two hundred and seventy-five bucks. It's one fifth of a ESC. Yeah. Look what it's protecting. It better protect the shit out of these two helicopters. That's all I got to say about that. But yeah, I, I you know, I, I just realized we're at six and a half, seven weeks away. I want to take my time to kind of optimize that packing and set up so mm-hmm. I don't feel rushed and make a mistake that costs me damage to one of the models. So we'll see how that goes. And I, I might end up doing a tech tip out of that as well, just for pe- people who want to know how to travel like that. Uh, other, other thing was that, uh, after getting a lot of feedback from people, um, both through the podcast, as well as on the forums, uh, regarding the, the speed cup, uh, we decided to update the rules to include a new mini class. So now you can fly anything between a 250 and a 500 class heli uh which is a big thing because you know it really opens the arena to people who don't have the money or the inclination to go and do a dedicated 700 class speed machine and want to just try their hand at it so i think that's that's a pretty big step forward given uh that uh we've got a couple of new smaller speed helis that Mm -hmm. i think maybe we'll talk about in the news oh yeah Nice. Yep. It's going to be the year of the speed. It is the year of the speed. Absolutely. And to that end, I, uh, I am excited to announce that I have accepted an offer to be on Team X Nova Motors. Oh, there you go, dude. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I've been flying them for a while now. Um, I got them in the Diablo. I had it in the had one in the Chase, in the Goblin Speed, in the D, in the uh, Goblin three eighty. They're awesome motors. They run cooler and more efficient than anything I've ever flown before. And I don't know if you guys have heard, but they have recently developed and are they're about to release uh, a brand new speed specific motor just for speed and it's supposed to be a speed killer uh so uh you know 
I'm super excited about it. Really looking forward to it. I'm hoping I can even get a hold of one of those to be able to compete with uh, at the Speed mm. Cup here later in the summer. So that was my week. And and it sounds like it's going to continue to be decent because Nick and I are going to go flying tomorrow. Freaking you sweet. should have good weather. Yeah. Yes. Looking good. So what do you think? Did, so overall, yep, I started with a no-fly, Jesse. Yeah. But did I bring the mood up a little bit here? Yeah, I definitely think the mood went up a little bit. Good. There was no crying in your story. I, so. yeah. <laughs> I didn't cry. Plus no one, one. cried. With all the time and money you put into your hobby, the last thing you want to do is throw away your flight experience on bad blades. From the feel of the heli in the air to its appearance on the ground, which blades you choose to bolt on is one of the most important decisions you have to make. That's why you need to put those old and busted blades to the side and make the switch to some new hotness. Brought to you by Burt Kammerer of BK Designs, Switch rotor blades are sure to put the finishing touches on your heli. Whether you're into sport flying, hard 3D, or F3C, Switch rotor blades will get the job done on everything from a 250 to an 800 class heli. And we're not just talking about main blades here. Switch has tail blades and night blades too. So stop wasting your time not flying the last brand of blades you'll ever need and make the switch today www.switchrotorblades.com I guess that leaves me. That does, does. leave you. Nice. Well, I have to say it was actually a pretty a pretty solid week. I'm going to start with I didn't get any flying in last weekend, but I did get some flying in this week during the week. So I was kind of sitting there at, at work one day going, man, it'd be really awesome. You know, if I, I've kind of bounced this idea off Nick a couple times and, you know, to find that field that's close, we've kind of looked at some different spots and gone, man, there's got to be somewhere that's closer for both of us. And all of a sudden I was sitting there going, wait a minute, I drive through, uh, for us, it's Linden every single day on my way home from work. And you know, if, if you remember back a few years, we haven't really flown there much in the past year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been mostly going to Bellingham, but if you remember back probably a year and a half, we were going out to Linden. Pro- I mean, for a while, I think that was my main flying field. Oh, yeah. Was going out. I mean, it was an every weekend thing. Um, And so it just for some reason, it, it hadn't really crossed my mind lately. But why the heck aren't I flying to Linden? Why aren't I a member at that club? I mean, I just kind of let the membership expire the last couple of years and I've just been driving out to Bellingham, but now driving through there every single day, um, it just seemed to make a lot of sense. So I got in, in contact with the president and signed myself up for a year membership to the lending club. And within that same exact day, this was Wednesday, started flying there um, right after work. So super convenient. Um, it's This is basically going to allow me to throw some hell, you know, throw a heli or two in the car, charge up all the packs and basically, you know, stop by the field on the way home from work and get in some quick flights. And especially this time of the year, you know, when it's light out till nine o'clock, basically we can fly. Um, I, I'm really hoping that this, this will give me that opportunity to kind of get my flight count back up and get some more flights in each week. So 
Wednesday, I ended up signing up, and then Wednesday after work, um, ran out there and flew from like 6.30 to about 8.30. Um, yeah, just awesome. I mean, they keep this field super nice. You know, it's got a um, built-in, I don't know, I guess, watering system, and they keep it mowed super short. Um, private, you got to go through a gate to get there. Um, and most of the time, from talking with the president, there's absolutely no one there. Um, during the week. So allows me back to back. I think within that two hours, I probably got in 12 to 14 flights on the 7HV, um, or I guess the Kronos, just tune in, flying, honestly, just having a good time. And so got the thing really, really dialed in. I know I'd been a couple weeks ago, we had talked about the V-Bar 6.0 update, and you got to kind of forget everything that you remembered about 5.3 and start, you know, it'll load in that preset when you choose the 700 class heli, right? When you go to fly, it'll load in a bunch of presets for your head gain, tail gain, tail speed, agility, all that stuff. Kind of just leave it, fly it, see how you like it, and then tweak from there. Don't go like I did the first couple times and go, okay, my head gain was... 85 on 5.3 i'm gonna just put 85 in there on 6.0 yeah that didn't work so well so following that advice i was able to get this thing tuned up pretty quickly and you know had a pretty solid flying machine after two three four flights so it didn't take long at all now something interesting did happen at the end of the day on wednesday so very last flight of the day starting to get a little bit dark out had to go pull the keep a pair of like yellow glasses or actually shooting glasses in my truck for when it kind of starts getting a little bit dark, pull those out and usually get about another 15, 20 minutes of flying in. So I go pull those out. Very last flight of the day. I already had all the rest of my packs just discharged, turn the generator off. And so one flight to go and right about four minutes into the flight, into a four and a half minute flight, the helicopter quickly cuts out, you know, throttle completely dies. I still have all my servos and everything and then comes right back. Instantly, you know, throttle hold, land the helicopter. Like, obviously, it's, you know, great. <laughs> I was just thankful to land it, honestly, being the last flight of the day and get the thing home in one piece. Then I'm just sitting there going, okay, I'll just take the thing home, pull the logs, and go through castle logs, V bar logs, and try to diagnose this thing. So that brings me up to today, Friday. And I was get you know, I got home from work today at about 1230. I'm like, you know, I'm going to run out to the field. And I start grabbing the, the Kronos and grabbing the N7 and start loading things into the truck. And I was like, crap, I completely forgot to pull all the logs and kind of investigate this and see what really caused that shutdown. And so as soon as I go to pull the battery out of the Kronos and plug it into the charger, one of the bullets is completely unsoldered on my series connector. Oh, oh wow. So the wire is just hanging there and the bullet's still in the blue plastic for the EC5. I'm like, holy cow. So obviously I didn't have to do much further investigating. I kind of figured (laughs) that was the, that's called a, a smoking gun. Yeah. It was very blatant, very clear uh, what had caused my quick power outage. And so I was like, okay, must, you know, I didn't go through when I, because I just remade the series connector when I did the whole Kronos update and the V control and all that stuff. So I'm you know, thinking, well, I must have just had a, a bad solder joint. I didn't go around and temp all of them after the flight, but I've you know, never really had a problem in the past. So I get out the little butane torch and 
I'm sitting there while I'm charging up packs before I go to the field today, and I get get it all soldered back up, get a nice clean joint, nice sh- nice and shiny, um, pop the bullet back into the connector, and don't really think twice about it. So today, head back out to the field, and I'm about on the sixth flight of the day, and up up to this point, very uneventful. It, it feels great to finally be getting back out. And I feel like when you're flying that often, just went out Wednesday and then today, Friday, you can kind of get a little bit of the routine back, a little bit of the flow. And so on the fifth flight today, I walk out there, pick up the Kronos after the flight, bring it back to the bench, go to unplug the battery and the cable pulls right out again. It's completely unsoldered. And you can tell that it actually must have heated up and unsoldered itself because the end of the wire that you would normally tin is still all perfectly shiny. And then the end inside the bullet is perfectly smooth and shiny as well, like melted and separated. So same bullet, same bullet. Exactly. (laughs) So I, I'm super confused. I'm obviously at this point, I'm going to replace the bullet. Um, I did mark the battery in case it's the other side of the bullet that isn't getting a good connection. Um, because I do plug the series connector in the same exact way all the time. So it could be either the bullet on the series adapter that I use or something to do with... I See, the thing that's weird is it's the female part of the bullets on the battery and then the male parts on the series connector. So I, I definitely think the male part's more suspect than the female part. Um, but yeah, the same exact bullet came unsoldered again and this time I guarantee you it was a good solder connection. Wow. So I will be swapping out bullets and it it honestly though it it's definitely going to be there in the back of my mind when I go out to fly again cuz I got to say man you yeah you just lose all you know all motor power in a hurry. Oh yeah. Something like that. So and this time I did feel it when I got it back to the bench the connector was pretty hot so definitely heated up and unsoldered itself. But this is the first time, you know, you hear about that happening and I'd seen it happen at fun flies and stuff before with other brands of connectors and stuff. But this was the first time I've had that happen. And especially twice with the same, same exact bullet. So we shall see. I'll get it. I'll get, uh, cut it out of there and get it all swapped over. And hopefully does, does not happen again. Luckily this, this time the, the motor power, didn't kill or, you know, everything seemed fine. Landed the helicopter just fine. When I went back to the bench to unplug it, it just pulled right out. So it was crazy. Like, that's <laughs> crazy, dude. So. It's def- Lucky. Definitely got me thinking, though. Yeah, it's going to be. So who knows? Cool, man. But, yeah, it was good to get good to get some flying in it. Doesn't look like I'll be getting into a bunch of flying this weekend. Uh, going doing a little camping and fishing, but hey, now that I got a little place to fly on the way home from work, I'm hoping that can turn into you know, maybe a couple nights a week. Seems seems reasonable. So awesome. for now, for now, anyway, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah for now. So. <laughs> yeah, I haven't ran that by the boss yet, so we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> he is still married, Dan. Yeah, I'm still yep. married. Still, still married. married. We're doing good. All right. Three whole weeks. Oh, you made so. it better than I thought you would. <sighs> oh. I'm glad. Holy kidding, you know that. So maybe we should do some news. Huh? What do you think? Do we have any news? Yeah, we got one. 
shopping online for heli parts, two most important considerations we look for are selection and customer service. LowerHeli.com not only has the selection you need to get your helis back in the air, Ken also prides himself on having the best customer service in the business. I recently made a purchase with Ken at LowerHeli.com, was anxiously awaiting the arrival of some new heli tools. When it didn't show up, I gave Ken a call without hesitation. He was willing to send me another package, even though the tracking confirmed delivery. I told Ken to hold off for a day or two, and sure enough, the post office found my package and got it to me. This just goes to show LowerHeli.com is willing to go the extra mile for you. If you want great selection and excellent customer service, www.LowerHeli.com. That's where you'll find it. All right. This week's news, guys, is brought to you by the letter K. <laughs> and the number four. Number four. What do you got for news, Cookie Monster? Speed. Oh, oh my goodness. Here it comes. Okay. SAB threw up some pictures and announced. Not Dan, this is your favorite. Not only is it speed, but it's a goblin. So we have coming the Goblin Speed Competition. Completely redone. I mean, completely redone versus the You hear the, first the excitement version. in my voice? Yeah, I wasn't mm-hmm. even worried about it because mine is enough. Yeah. Uh, we are going for full fuselage here with, a, and I mean, a very integrated full fuselage i've seen some pictures it looks like the battery tray is even built into the carbon fiber fuselage it's a structural fuselage yep um no more like they changed the servo layout on the top it doesn't look quite as skinny as like justin's diablo speed um profile looks a hair wider but aesthetics wise man does this thing look good it's big it's not a small one um so i'm i'm really excited for the details to start coming out which they are very few and far between now i know it's still in prototyping phase there's you know they're working on different fuselages but uh i put my name down for one it was that fast yep i don't even know the price I said it didn't matter. <laughs> you might be pulling your name. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was going to cost that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll definitely take goo. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, yeah I, nah. I it's uh, I'm I'm excited in general when we see this kind of stuff because uh y- you know, first of all, it shows that companies like SAB are listening. The Gowan Speed original is still an awesome freaking model. And I maintain that it is the true sort of gateway drug into speed because you can 3D it and speed fly it. Uh, but they took this one to the next level and went with a more narrow aerodynamic full fuselage, which is really cool to see. Uh, you know, I mean, every design's uh, got its pros and cons. And given that this is a prototype, we'll see how it shakes out in the long run Uh, but any company bringing a new speed model to the market is a good thing from my perspective because it's just going to grow that portion of the hobby 
Agreed. Yeah. I'm I'm stoked. I I don't know. I'm gonna have to start saving right now. Probably not only for the heli, but for the speed controller. Uh, that day will probably come where I purchase a cosmic. It will be painful. Oh, it's going to be real painful. There goes odds. Uh, college fund. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, bud. I mean, this is just going to have bad. to join the army. <laughs> yeah, I think this one's going to be expensive. Uh, I'm leaning towards probably, but mm. we'll see. We'll. Uh, well, I'll let everyone know the more yeah, I find get out. The scoop. And we also um, got to say good luck. I know by the time you guys all hear this, we will know the results, but all the boys are over at XFC right now. Um, and as we sit, I'm, I think they got all the flights in. I know they were struggling with some rain, but um, Jamie Robinson was in first. I know he won the known. Jamie Robinson. Robertson? Ah, Robertson. Yeah, yeah, that's what that I said. That was me making fun of you for calling yeah, him Jamie Robinson. Didn't I really think it work. W- didn't really work. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, as I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> By the engineer. Yeah. With soft hands. Yeah, with, with soft hands. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, Jamie's in first he won the knowns round and Kyle Stacy's in second and a fairly close second so I think it's going to come down to Jamie pulled away uh, just a little bit more in the freestyle but then they had the smack flight left at the end and uh, whistling ears he's doing pretty good Last I saw, I think he was hovering right around 11th or something like that. Yep. Out of 17. I heard uh, James Haley was flying a Raptor, stripped out a set of torque tube gears, so that put him out one flight. Uh, These guys are pushing these things so hard. It's just amazing that any of them stay together. Uh, AJ... AJ was flying a, a three-bladed Raptor, and I guess it, like, mid-air exploded. Had a full-on mechanical failure, and basically was like, it, it damn near looked like a rekit before it hit the ground. <laughs> Jeez. So, I don't know what happened there, but I can't wait to watch the videos. Should be pretty cool. So congratulations to everyone for making it there, and best of luck. That's all I got. Yeah. Anybody else have any news? No news. No news. All right, guys. This week's news is brought to you by RC Heli Nation, version 2.0. So long-time friends stopped by. Had a little chat with us. You guys guys might recognize the name Carrie Shirley. Gas man. Gas man. How do you spell his last name? Just curious, do you know? Everybody, anybody know? I know. Yeah, of yeah. course, dude. Yeah. The gas man stops by. We're going to go ahead and play that interview. We'll be back right after that. Do you wish there was a fly barless system that could make you throw down like a pro? Well, now there is. The Spartan Vortex Fly Barless System. 
is offering some of the most advanced features seen on the market today, making sure that you'll be flying like a pro in no time. So what are you waiting for? Go and get your Vortex Flybarless system today. Results may vary based on pitch, response time, age, head speed, brand of heli, time of the year, crash budget, number of friends cheering you on, size of helicopter, temperature, wind, servos, weight of heli, willingness to take risks. Contact your favorite hobby shop about getting your Spartan Flybarless system today. For more information, check out www.bkdesignsllc.com. Guys, we have with us Carrie Shirley, the gas man. How you doing, Carrie? Hey guys, I'm doing great. How are you? Do you mind if I miss? Do you mind if I misspell your name uh, on the <laughs> listing of the? That's the only. That's the only thing I want. Just get. Just spell my name right and my uh, website addresses correctly. You can say whatever you want. Oh really? Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't tempt him, dude. <laughs> should, should I not go there? So it's been a while, uh, Carrie. Since you've been on, how you been? Oh, I've been good. I'm really busy. There's just a tremendous number of things going on, um, you know, in in my little niche of the helicopter world. Yeah, and and what is that the area? Well, as you guys know, uh, I spend most of my uh, hobby time playing with gasoline powered helicopters, and uh, I try to help people with them, and um, I've actually gotten quite a bit deeper into it over the course of the last year. But I tell you, I've, you know, every time I, I talk to you guys, I kind of say the same thing, which is I'm, I'm just amazed at the number of offerings that have to do with gas helicopters that are out there. It seems like every time I talk to you, there's something new. And for years and years and years, there was nothing new. There were only two or three of them available. They didn't really change. They made gradual improvement. And now there's, uh, you know, there's a new conversion or a new kit coming out. Seems like every few months or some sort of option. It's amazing. It really is. I don't know if it's because people want to play with internal combustion engines, but don't want the mess of uh, glow fuel or what. But or cost. Uh, <clears throat> well, you know, the, the big keys behind a gas helicopter are it's less expensive to run and it's not messy. Yeah. And it'll fly usually for a very long time. If those things don't interest you, then you're not going to be willing to to put up with the additional weight and uh, the you know the not 14 horsepower output of the engine. But if you if you want to fly inexpensively for a long time without a mess, you know this is this is this is interesting. You'll like it. You know now that you're kind of involved in the hobby uh, more so as a retailer um, of sorts, as opposed to just kind of the guy giving people, you know, helping people with their problems and, and that kind of stuff. You've noticed an increase in interest in gas helicopters, I'm assuming, and your retail business is going pretty good? Uh, you know, we're doing okay. Um, not losing money. Sell uh, sell some stuff. That's, that's, a good, uh, that's a good place to be when you're in business, not losing money. It's always a good thing. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, business is... is you know, we're not selling millions of these things, but, um, you know, people buy them. They seem very happy with them. It's it's actually been very awakening because, you know, I, I went from just flying them to working with uh, Joey Chan in Australia, who designs uh, the Leviathans, to actually manufacturing these things. And as an IT guy, 
Um, that was that's a whole new that's a whole new ball game. I mean, I spent some time with miniature aircraft over the years when they were here, and I kind of saw the process, but never really got involved with machine shops or you know material specifications or really dealt with the designs. And uh, to make this work, I get to play with all of those things as well as uh, you know demonstrating that they work and uh, trying to make it easier for people to to build them and uh, trying to sell them as well. It's been uh, it's been very eye opening. So tell us what uh, what's new. What's what's new in the gas world? Well, there's so much. Um, you know, I I, I kind of made a list here of of the the state of things, if you will, and probably the the best thing for me to do is just kind of go through my list and and talk about each one. Yeah, you bet. Uh, one of the things I'm working on right now, a couple of guys in um, in the UK, Michael Johnson and Rob Morris got together and decided to make some conversions for the Thunder Tiger E700. So they started a company called RMJ Designs, and they developed a gas conversion for the E700 and a glow conversion for the E700. Very high-quality stuff, you know, carbon fiber frames, machined um, uh, bearing blocks. They got a custom-made main gear that's a straight cut. The conversions are pretty easy to do. They're not terribly expensive, and they work. Uh, it's actually something that I'm carrying in my store uh, here in the U.S. It's kind of an extension of the conversion business, the the glow side of it, but we've sold some of each. Very lightweight helicopter. On the conversion for that one, carry is it a gas-specific and a nitro or a glow-specific? So, in other words, you can't swap between gas and glow on the same model? No, you can't. They're completely different. In fact, the glow version uses quite a few aligned parts. Rather than make things like clutches and uh, start Mm -hmm. shafts and things like that, they made it easy for people to just go buy T-Rex 700 parts, which are you know, generally pretty inexpensive and easy to get oh, yeah. and and put those things on. And that kind of stuff you normally don't tear up if you crash it. You know, if if you right. if you if you break your clutch bell, uh, you got bigger problems than than worrying about replacing <laughs> that. <laughs> now on the gas version of it, what's the largest engine you can put in there? So it will not support the 320 version of the Zenoa, but it will support any other of the RC formats, anything from the 23 to the 300. And the 300 is, is simply a, a, a 29 that's been stroked one millimeter. That's kind of the hot thing now. They're referred to as 300s, but it's, a, it's an RC G29 that has a one millimeter stroked crankshaft in it. So you get a little more torque out of it. I tell you what, these things uh, these things are going good. I'm sure you've seen some of the videos that Doug's done or Tom's done or a couple other people mm-hmm. have done. They uh, they they go pretty good. So that's like oh, the, and on a model that light. I mean, Nick, you you can attest more than anyone as an electric. The E700 is just light and small as hell. Yeah. So I mean, it's going to be heavier as a gasser, but it's not going to be as heavy as the other 700 conversions. Do you know, Carrie, do you know like the flying weight of it? You know, I I haven't finished the conversion, so I can't tell you what mine's going to weigh. I know uh the guys in the UK say it weighs under 12 pounds. I don't know the exact weight. Jeez. And you know, that always depends Holy on crap. 
It always depends on the servos you use and the size batteries and things like that. If you're using pretty heavy servos, you can add a lot of weight to them. Just kind of depends. Yeah, but still, I mean, it it gives us an idea that it's not the, you know, 13 and a half pound gasser of two years ago. Oh, no, no, it's not that. No, it's not. It's, uh, you know, these 700s are pretty lightweight helicopter, and they really haven't added much to it in terms of, of structure. They've just got a, a set of bottom frames that you bolt on, and uh, this it's a steel clutch. It's a good design clutch. Works with the RC clutch just like some of the other conversions do. It's a nice setup. I like it. Sweet. And what's the what's the tank size? Um, it is a T Rex seven hundred tank. So that's uh, maybe twelve ounces. I got to look here. I'm sure it's measured in milliliters. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty beefy tank. Man, I bet you that thing can fly way longer than fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's a pretty good sized tank. I'm sorry, I don't know the the size of it off the top of my head, but I, it it should fly at least fifteen or twenty minutes. With Do you have to modify the uh, canopy at all to make that work, or is it pretty no, much a straight fit on? Nope, goes right on. Very nice. Oh, Dan. Now you may have seen the Glow version <laughs> fly because Nick Maxwell has one of them, and he's made a couple of videos. I think with a three bladed head on it. Yes. That's that. That's actually the RMJ conversion. Oh, okay. That is freaking sweet. And he was not being polite either. No, he was not. Yeah, he's running it with a 105, I believe. Hmm. It's just, it's crazy that... It's, so the engines, that like that engine that you were talking about, what was that, the 300? It's a really a 29.5cc engine, uh, commonly referred to as a 300 class. Mm-hmm. And um, that's like the... Is that the go-to of now? It is pretty much. You know, everybody wants as, as much displacement as they can get. I've worked with uh, TRM Power, and I have a couple of engines custom-made. They're both 300-class engines. One of them I call the Special Edition, and one of them I call the Sports Edition. And the difference is one of them is balanced with very minimal porting modification, and the other is balanced with significant porting modifications. And it's got some other uh, aesthetic-looking things on it. Then what I tried to do with the sports edition was price it where people would who don't want to spend the money for a high-performance engine or don't really need it can still get a, you know, a balanced engine that'll work well in their helicopter. So we've got two classes of those, and uh, you know, people seem to like them. They're nice looking. The, the special edition is, is really sexy looking. You know what, Nick? I think Carl had one of the special edition TRM 300s. He did. It, it's the one carry with like the uh, the red anodized billet aluminum fan cover and all that, right? That's it. Oh, yep. man. Oh, he I mean, had one at Othello about a month back. That thing is sexy. I love that's. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, but I I never would have thought that I would have gotten to the point where I said I look forward to going to a fun fly to be able to fly someone else's model. But I <laughs> I, I never turn down when Carl says, hey, you want to check? Oh, yeah, sure. Not a problem. Let's mm -hmm. go. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I will fly that thing at any time. 
and love it. What I haven't figured out yet is why don't you have one? Oh, I know. I do, I'm, I do not have a legitimate reason or excuse. I really You don't. have even less of a legitimate reason now that you're Mr. Goblin. I know. Right? I mean, Carrie, Carrie's got himself a whole setup for the Leviathan Goblin conversions. Now, the Leviathan, for the Goblin, will it, is it just the older Goblins or does it work with the competition? What we can do is um, I've got a kit that works with the original 630 and the standard 700. I've also got a kit that works with the competition 700 uh, or the 770. And I've also got a setup where I worked with SAB and got, um, got them to take parts out of a competition kit. The parts that you would normally have to either sell or throw away because you don't need them in a gas conversion. Well, mm-hmm. all those are, are out of the kit. And, you know, ah. I basically s- substitute all of those with the conversion parts from Le- Leviathan. So when you buy this thing, it comes with blades, it comes with fuel tank. All you got to do is put an engine, a muffler, and the electronics in it, and it's ready to go. It's ah. about as- oh, dude. See, that's the name of the game right there not having to piece it all together right because i mean you go back a few years carrie and all the gassers were conversions for the most part except for maybe the whiplash and some of the bergens and when you did the conversion oftentimes you had to go and find the bits and pieces that you needed right yeah oh absolutely and that that always drove drove me crazy and it's it's one of the things that i strove to make sure didn't happen when you get one of uh you get one of the Leviathan conversions that I make, it's complete. You know, you add the engine, the muffler, and the electronics, and in some cases, the helicopter, and it's ready to go. You don't have to go buy servo parts or how you're going to mount the servo or fuel tank or anything else. It's it's all there. Hmm. So do you do that with any other brand, or is it just the SAB crap? I mean, hell, he's... <laughs> oh, he's just waiting for that Damn. one. Like he was. That's what he's been thinking about for the last three minutes. That's not nice, Dan. Before it's over, Dan, you're going to be flying SAB goblins. No, I can promise you that, Carrie. To my deathbed. Don't you? Don't you have any? Don't you have an E700? I do have a Raptor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was it. An E700. Yep. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. So see, see, you could be flying it with a glow engine or with a gas engine, because these RMJ conversions work really well with it. Mm-hmm. Dan, didn't you even there, say recently you wanted to get back to gas? Uh, I because you, know, you were missing your Bergen. I I, I miss I was missing the sheer size of that helicopter. Oh, okay. I don't know though. It's been, I mean I've I'll be honest. I have never taken like I I really enjoy flying Carl's, but I would be highly intrigued, and I think what would probably seal the deal, Gary, is to have. For me to be able to do my own setup on it with mm-hmm. what is reasonably a hot motor, you know, I mean, like the special edition, not the crazy, what is that? The quick draw pipe. Cause I'm going to just, yeah, no, I can't yeah, do that. Doug's super performance setup, but that's good. It's good for a horsepower. Yeah. But it's, it's huge though. I mean, that's a ginormous pipe. I tell you what, that, that, 
particular pipe, that thing's made out of steel. It's pretty hard to break that pipe. I mean, I know Doug has smashed his a few times, and so have other people. That pipe usually usually hangs together because it's got a flexible mount. I, I don't think the ta- the the pipe is is going to get destroyed unless you really plow it in, and then you got bigger problems than that. But by and large, I don't recommend people to use that. I mean, it makes great power, um, but tuning becomes critical with it. Mm-hmm. And if you know if you know what you're doing, then you'll have a good time with it. If you're new to this or you're not quite sure, you can burn one up really fast. So, what is the the pipe then? The best compromise between tuning and, and horsepower? Uh, I offer two of them. One is the Hattori, which is probably the highest quality and from the dyno testing I've seen has good performance. Or the RJX pipe, which um, is made by RJX, obviously. A little bit heavier, very similar performance. Both of those are, are things that we provide. Now, what the guys have found is with the the larger motor, the 300, neither of these really have the uh, volume to get the exhaust out. So they they choke the engine back just a little bit. So Tom Welch and and Alan at TRM worked together and came up with some modifications to it. Basically, they open up the baffles in it and um, uh, make it possible for the exhaust to get out of the thing. And they, they show they were able to show on tests that the helicopter picked up RPMs and was able was able to maintain them in a climb. So I've kind of capitalized on that. I'm, I'm having some mufflers made uh, that are going to use that design and they'll be branded as the TRM power pipe. And uh, it'll, that's one of the things we'll sell for not only the 300, but for, you know, any of the, the Zenoa engines. Yeah, Carl's has that on it, the, the yeah. same thing. I know he got in touch with Doug and found someone local to do the welding. And, mm-hmm. I mean, with the exception of it having a lot better power than I had expected. And, I mean, keep in mind, when I fl- the last time I flew it, we were still on throttle curves and, you know, still uh like done with break-in and mm-hmm. uh the sound is incredible it is a wonderful sound out of that pipe it's not raspy it didn't sound like justin's it was just it was a really nice sound justin what kind he, of muffler he takes every it? opportunity he can to to throw that jab in there carrie yeah i think the muffler was made by like sound good toro or a craftsman or I don't know, but that's what it sounded like. <laughs> I took I took it I took it off of my weed whacker, dude. Yes, yeah, still. What were you using, Justin? What kind of muffler did you have? Well, I originally had the RJX and you know, it worked pretty good. And then I went and gave a uh I had gotten a tip from someone on the forums to try an ADA racing pipe, which is a go-kart pipe. And, you know, there was a there was a warning that came along with it that said that it may not be ideal for heli motors, but it turns out that I first of all the sound on it I personally really liked. It was sort of more deep and rumbly, not raspy and annoying, but it had really good low and mid end power. It didn't have good high end. Couldn't get the high end tuned all that well. It was not deep and rumbly. <laughs> 
De- well, <laughs> relatively, dude. <laughs> relative None of them to are what? deep and rumbly. Uh, like a 30, 30 nitro? It was bad. Anything. It was, it was just loud. It just had this monotonous, horrendous, I don't know. It was bad. That, that's one of the things that's been leveled against that quick draw pipe. If, if you don't use an adequate silencer on them, they sound very raspy and... When they've been flown at my field, basically they're asked to leave. I I had one for a while to play with, and I, I really couldn't fly it at the field, so not much use in having it because it makes too much noise. Now, if you put the longer silencer on it, it's not so bad. Uh, a lot of people don't fly it with that. Hmm. Well, that's a good thing. <clears throat> good to know. Justin, you were flying a, a, a whiplash gas, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, well, you know, interestingly, I'm going to kind of jump around in my, my list here a little bit. Uh, I, I know you guys talked about uh, a guy in Germany named Joseph Schreiner uh, bought the miniature aircraft assets. Mm-hmm. And I've, talked, I've talked to him about the whiplash gas, and he's working on a... Uh, refinement to the one-way bearing setup in it that may solve uh, that may solve its problems, and you know his intent is to at minimum make parts, if not new kits for these things. That would be great. I know there's a lot of people out there that would be really happy. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. that'll be awesome. Yeah, he's it got still the- is to this day one of the few sort of mainstream 3D helis that was designed for the gas engine from the ground up. Yep. Yeah, Chris Lund uh, was very focused on that. He, he went through several iterations with different engines, and that was, uh, that was actually the first whiplash that flew. It wasn't the first production model, but it flew in that form, I think, before anything else did. Hmm. But anyway, hopefully, uh, hopefully he'll be able to resurrect if if not the uh, the kits, at least the parts. I know uh, before they went away, Miniature Aircraft had worked on some other designs, so maybe uh, you know maybe they'll show up too. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, back to RMJ. Um, you know, currently they're offering this E seven hundred in the gas and glow version. They got something else in the pipeline that uh, they won't share with me yet, but um, they have at least another gas conversion coming, perhaps another glow, but I don't know for what. One interesting note about that, apparently, and I don't know, I don't know how this happened, but there is another company in the UK selling an E700 glow conversion. So there's like oh, a little. Oh, come on, seriously. Really? Yeah, so there's like a little conversion war going on there. And and I don't know, you know, I've heard one side of the story. I've not heard the other side. So I'm not sure, you know, exactly what happened. But I know there is another conversion that I won't name that is uh, available for the E700 for the Glow version, not the gas side. Wow. Drama in the UK. What? (laughs) Never, right? Gas drama, dude. What? Yeah, that's where it all starts. Yeah, isn't that weird? So no, no idea though on what um what uh, RMJ's coming up with next. No, I don't know yet. Uh, I will know. Uh, 
when they're ready to share it. And I'll uh, I'll let you guys know. I always do. Yeah, I wonder if it's another mainstream model conversion. That would be great. I mean, the more you can get out there on new popular electric to gas conversion models, that's that's the way to go. Draw more people in. Well, certainly uh, Thunder Tiger have has not done themselves any favor this week. I know um, you guys yeah. have seen those announcements, or maybe that was last week. I did have lost track no, of time. Yeah, we're we're gonna get there. <laughs> okay. Well, they've not done themselves any favors, uh, assuming that that's actually from Thunder Tiger. I've seen yeah. some conflicting stories that I think you know, it was, and that's. But I mean, hey, great for RMJ, right? Because if the the G four is going away. True. Yeah. And I mean, let's let's be honest. You had to have some pretty deep ass pockets to be flying and crashing that one anyway, which is which is probably one of the one of the best parts about the E seven hundred is that it. I mean, it's still an extremely economical model. It's well built. I mean, I just put one together to to do the conversion, and it was easy to build, and it's simple and. You know, it, it maintained most of the, the quality of the G4, just a, a simpler, lighter version. Mm-hmm. No carbon fiber boom. 40, no. $40 boom. <laughs> yeah, $40 CF boom. Perfect. Tell you what, though, that so, 15 so carrier main shaft was cool. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, Justin. Carrie, yeah, I, I, this is a question that I've been uh, waiting for you to come on so that I can ask you, because okay. I think we've asked this question every time you've come on. What is okay. up with the TSA gasser? I have one. It flies. There have been some modifications to it to improve it. There is some okay. video of it that I have not published. It does fly uh, rather well. Uh, I've been working with Nigel on... Uh, a couple of changes. I do not know when they plan to take it into production. From my perspective, there's no reason they shouldn't. It works uh, very well. Um, it uses the PUH format of the engine, which is a more compact Zenoa engine. Uh, it requires that they make a cooling system for it because that engine does not have a built-in cooling system like the RC format does. And that's that's one of the things that I've made some suggestions on to improve. And I, I think they will. And, you know, I've flown it in 100-degree weather, and it, and it was fine. Hmm. So, See, now that is really interesting. Why talk to us about the PUH versus the RC format. Can you get as much power out of one of those? And well, can you kind of simplify it, too? Because, like, for me... Being that I've never owned one, I mean I've seen a TRM, right? That's about the ex and I know what the what the like the GT15 looks like, but I don't know what's what or how to identify what. So can you kind of give us a rundown for the gasser idiots like me? Yeah, sure. So there, Zenoa makes three formats of their gas engines um, of these large large displacement ones. They make a marine version, they make a helicopter version, 
They make a buggy version, and they actually make airplane versions. Like there's, so there's four. I can't count. The marine version and the airplane version and the PUH version are all the same engine, basically, with different uh, cylinder heads on them. The marine side has a has a water jacket on it, and the other two don't. The airplane, of course, has a, a hub on it, so you can put a propeller on it. And the helicopter version does not. It does not have a cooling system. It's basically a crankcase with a magneto flywheel on the back of it and the piston and cylinder. So if you get one of these engines, you get at, if you're ma the manufacturer, you got to make your own fan, you got to make your own shroud, you got to make a way to mount it in the helicopter. And it's not that easy to mount in the helicopter because the mounting lugs on the front of it are covered up by the fan. So the most convenient way to mount it is not accessible. So you have to mount it from the back of the engine. And then you got to deal with flex because you're, you know, the top end of it is kind of flopping around from vibration. It's a little more challenging to do. Uh, in TSA's case, they have secured it on both the top and the bottom. So they've kind of solved that problem. Uh, back to the engine types, though. Uh, the PUH is a, a more compact engine. It's not physically as large. If you've seen the engine in Carl's helicopter, mm -hmm. that's the RC format. Uh, commonly used in RC cars, also commonly used on um, um, weed eaters. Uh, in fact, Husqvarna, which owns Zenoa, manufactures lawn equipment. Uh, it's, um, I think, Red Zone. It's Red something. They use these engines for that. I mean, if you I have one of those, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's got a it's got a Husqvarna Zenoa engine on it, and a lot of the parts are the same. Wow. Huh. But because of that, it has this really efficient cooling system on it. It's a it's a rather large flywheel. It's also a fan and a magneto and a built-in cooling system. And they cool just incredibly well. I mean, they those things never run hot because uh they cool so well. But it's it's a bigger footprint, you know, from mounting it in the helicopter perspective, you gotta have more room. Mm -hmm. It look it looks bulkier. In fact, if you weigh them out, their weights are very similar. There's only a couple of ounces difference between the two of them, uh, which is amazing, but that that's true because um, you know, they've in the RC version they have a consolidated ignition system. In the PUH version, it's two pieces. And that adds weight. So when you start adding up all the pieces in, in terms of weight, they're really very close. Just one of them is larger than the other. But one of the really attractive things about the RC engine is, A, you don't have to make a fan or a shroud, which is the killer. Mm -hmm. I mean, make it, making a mold for a shroud is giant money. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, you got to sell a lot of kits to recover mold money. So they don't really, nobody really wants to do that. Um, with the RC engine, you don't have to worry about it because it's you know, self-cooling. And I talked earlier about on the PUH engine, you can't really mount them easily because the mounting lugs are covered up. Well, not on the RC. They're just right there. And if you've ever seen a whiplash or you've seen the Leviathan or when you see this RMJ, they all grab the engine on the front of it and mount it firmly to the upper part of the chassis. So it can't move. Mm -hmm. 
And that's, uh, you know, that's another one of the keys to making a gas helicopter work is how do you mount the engine? The, uh, in the days of the miniature aircraft uh, Spectra G, that was a fatal flaw in that model. The, the way the engine mounted, the frame was a two-piece frame. It had an upper and a lower piece. And the two pieces would resonate and they would actually move. And I know a lot of people saw that in the Stratus where they made a Bobby Watts version that had these side frames that kept it from moving, kept the two pieces from moving mm-hmm. apart from each other. Well, the Spectra had the same problem and it would, it would set up a resonance and, and vibrate. And it, the fix was to, you know, make a whiplash. So, um, at any rate, that's kind of the differences between the two. Hopefully, I didn't ramble too much on that. Did no, that make no. sense? Yeah. So the like the GT15, the one that looks like a regular 90 size nitro motor, that's the PUH. Oh no, no, not at all. That's no, a whole no, no, different no. one. That's an OS Max GT15 engine. It's basically the same footprint as an OS91. Uh, Okay, so that's a whole different one. I mean, that's a whole different format altogether. Entirely. Okay. In fact, in fact, there's there's two other formats that I haven't talked about. One is the OS Max GT15, and then the Gowie guys have a a motor called the T10, which is a 60 size engine, or maybe a 55 actually. It's a 10 cc, so that's 60, um, and it runs on gasoline as well. You've probably seen Doug fly his uh, little GX4, Cowie GX4 with it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two are really the exception in the gas world. Most of these engines are the the larger Zenoa um, PUH versus RC. Now, if you're really interested, you can go out to my forum at Gas Powered Thoughts, and I have an entire series, or it's a series of three articles on gas engines to try to explain to people who who really don't know much about them, what's the differences, and should you prefer one over the other. So all the things I just said are written in those three those three threads. Nice. Uh, Dan, you asked earlier, I think it was you, Dan, you asked about did I include, you know, everything you need to to make one of these work in, in everybody's product? And the answer is no. Uh, I manufacture the Leviathan pieces with Joey, and as a result, they are complete. Uh, the other products, uh, RMJ, they they come the way they come. Um, other people's conversions, they sell them however they sell them. What I have tried to do is make some products available if you want them. Like, uh, you know, one of the problems you have to solve is you have to replumb the fuel system because silicon does not work well with gasoline so i offer like a a plumbing kit where you get the right kind of fuel pickup and the right kind of fuel line special fuel fittings that i have made Uh, it's it's a complete way to plumb your gas system so i've kind of approached the other the other conversions in that way well i guess uh a list let's say i wanted to do a conversion on the e700 do you supply me, uh, I guess, the conversions? I don't have to track anything down. If I buy the conversion, everything I need is in there. And if not, I'm assuming so, you can help so people you, find those parts. If you were to buy the E700 gas conversion, if you look on the store, there's a list of the parts you're going to need to make it work. 
And it's not a very long list for the gas side. It, it's a longer list on the glow side simply because you got to have a fan and, you know, a, sh- a clutch and all that other stuff. A lot of the things that come with these Zeno engines. But um, you, you could look at that list and those are the things you need. Okay. So then you just have to go pick up those those T-Rex parts, you know, Correct. at wherever you would normally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to get into the aligned parts business. I, I can't really compete with uh, the experience RCs and the big guys of the world, so not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Justin, you ask about the TSA. Are are they going to release it? I can't answer that. Does it work? Yes. Um, I don't know how many exist. I know one exists because I have one, uh, and it it works well, quite well. Yeah, and it's good to know that it is progressing. I mean, in general, you know, you we talk a lot about the conversions, but uh, I think it's just impo- as important to see that actual brands, ma- main manufacturers, are working towards gasser models. Mm-hmm. So you got the TSA. It doesn't, you know, we're we're not sure whether it's going into full production yet. Are there other? brands out there that are slowly working their way towards offering a large gasser well you know i'm looking at my list here there's a number of companies that that have offered them for a while and still do uh, i know dan's uh, fallen in love with the forzas now uh, jr does not o- offer a forza but they do have a, a big model called a gsr 260 uh, it's a, an 800 class model it's been around for a while. Uh, it's big. Uh, and it's not, expensive. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I, don't, I think it's selling for over $2,000, something like that. But when you look at what you're getting, you get the kit, you get the engine, the muffler, the blades. Oh, okay. You get a fuselage that's painted. Um, and it's an 800-class model. You know, go oh, buy dude, a big... see, yeah, that's a... That's a steal. I didn't know it came with all the, the giblets. Yeah, it must have been down in price because they used to be a lot more expensive than that. I don't think I know what this is. It's called what is it called again, Carrie? It's the fuel uh, full fuselage one, right, Carrie? Yeah, it's the GSR two hundred and sixty Sports is the official name of it. If you look on uh, Lynn's site, you'll find it. It's not the one with the goofy landing gear. It looks like a, it looks it looks sort of like a goblin, uh, because it's got a, a boom shroud on it, but it's it's bigger than, eh, maybe not bigger than a seven seventy. It's much bigger than a seven hundred. But when you start adding up the prices of these parts, I mean, okay, you know, yeah, I just looked it up. I I see it. I have seen these before. It's a good sport flying model, a little bit dated in its design. You know, I wish they'd update a couple of things in it, but it works. Works as is. If you like to go out and sport fly, it's, you know, if you're an airplane pilot that wants a helicopter, just go sport fly around. It's big. It's easy to see. Flies fine. What, Dan? It's fly bar? No, it's fly barless. No, you can get a fly barless version. Oh, too. they have a fly barless version? The yellow yeah, one is not desirable, but it looks like that. that the, kind of the yellow, the yellow one is a is more of a payload related model. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, the two sixty. It's a it, the official name is GSR two hundred and sixty oh, yeah. Sports FBL. 
So it comes out of the box with a, a new design JR fly barless head on it. Yeah, it's a nice head. Bad. So Dan, if you want a big JR model, there you go. And um, you know the Vario guys, they have two gas models, both of which are fairly old in design. One of them is more suited towards scale uh, because of the way it's made, and the other one is called an acrobatic. A uh, fairly large model, again, a dated design. I actually don't know if it's available in fly barless or not. Uh, don't see many of them. What's, cent- what's Century up to? Well, Century is making a lot of multi-rotors. Uh, they still offer helicopters. I mean, they have the Radical line, and they have Dan's all-time favorite helicopter, the Condor. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, did I receive some hate mail over that one? <laughs> did, did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, they still make those. You know, I know his focus these days is on multi-rotors. They still offer these things. I don't see a lot of them. Uh, I can tell you, I've not, I've not built a Condor. I've built the Radicals. They're very lightweight. They work. Uh, sometimes there's quality issues with parts. They will they will rep- they will replace them for you if you have an issue. There's uh, there's a lot of videos of them flying around. Um, they had a factory pilot for a while that would just beat the hell out of them. So so what's the ticket? I want to know what's what's the cat's meow right now in the 700 gasser class. I mean, if someone said, "All right, I want to go out and buy the." the best that I can get for 3D? Well, it's self-serving for me to tell you that most of the people I've talked to are just having a ball with these uh, these goblin conversions. Mm-hmm. It's really durable. Uh, they beat the hell out of them, and they hold up. Now, the RMJs, they, they are well-designed as well. Uh, I, they're just new. There's not that many of them flying around. Uh, we'll see how the market adapts to that. It's uh, it's a good model, you know. It's based on the E seven hundred. I would think uh, one of those two would be the ticket. Of course, they're both conversions. Yeah. Uh, if TSA brings their model out as a full kit, you know, there's there's an option for you, unless you you have something against TSA. Another company that that makes what does full- does Leviathan have anything new in store for uh-huh. us in in the uh-huh. near future? Yes, we do. Um, as we speak, I am collecting the parts to build a 570 conversion that Joey designed. Oh, it is, it is intended oh, to run. Yeah. It is intended to run on the OS Max GT15, but lo and behold, it will also support any glow motor that has the same 60 size crankcase footprint. Oh, well, that, that, you know, 60, 90, 105, 120, they're all the same case. Yeah. So, so you can put a, oh my you could God. put an OS 91 or a YS 91 in there. Oh, geez. This is going to be bad. But, but <laughs> even so, right? Like if you just stick with the gas side of it, how, I mean, the GT 15, I know we've talked about it a lot in the past, Carrie, and, you know, it's it's a good uh, it's a good engine, but for a ninety size model, 
it just doesn't have the get up and go that you know some no. of the the larger RC format motors have. But in a five seventy, no. that could make a big difference. Yeah, I mounted one in a in a Fury fifty five. I mean, I've got a flying model with that in it, and it actually worked pretty well there. And this is you know a little bit smaller than that. It's a it's a well designed conversion. I think people are going to like it. It's sharp looking. The parts are beautiful. I just got some of the parts back from the machine shop today, and they're just gorgeous. I mean, you know, I get it. That has nothing to do with how it flies, but if you like to look at parts, it's got some nice looking parts on it. Isn't there a 631 out right now? Well, the same one that works on the 700 standard will also convert the 630 because most of the chassis is the same. Okay. So the way they're kind of paired is the 630, 700 standard, same conversion. 700 competition or 770, same conversion. Gotcha. Okay. Because the, the critical parts are the same between those two. Now, there's another thing that there's another design that Joey did for the Agile 7.2. Uh, same, same basic layout as the Goblin conversion, but works with the Agile. And I have not yet manufactured that. In fact, I set up a pre-order site on my store just to see what the interest level is on that. I've not gotten uh, the kind of response that I need before I go invest the money to have the parts made because it's, you know, it doesn't, you can't go to a machine shop and say, hey, I need three of these these parts made. You know, they say, they laugh at you when you do that. Yeah. So, right. you have yeah. to make, you have to make some number of these parts and I, I don't really feel like having parts for the next 20 years that I can't sell. So, if people show some interest, then there will also be an Agile 7.2 conversion. And it is it is just as slick as the Goblin 700 conversion. Yeah, see, that one would be really freaking cool. I've always liked the look of the Agile 7.2. It is not the lightest 700 out there, but if they do the conversion right, it probably also won't turn into a 13.5-pound heli. Yeah, I don't know what it would, would weigh yet. I know the, the Agile's a heavy-duty helicopter. I mean, it, it'll be tough. Interesting. Yeah, that, that'll be pretty cool, man. What else? They got anything other than the Agile and the, uh, mm. the 570 on the horizon? There was a prototype drawing of a 380 conversion. Uh, nothing's really going on with that right now. <laughs> oh, 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 dude. With one of the little, uh, what is it? It's a, the 10cc, kind of like the, the Gowie NX4 gasser. That would be sized to put the T10 engine in it which means you could also put a YS60 or an OS55 in it. Oh, dude. <laughs> I don't could know if you I'd imagine wanted... a Goblin 380 with an OS55. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that you, would be sweet. You, you think that you think that would be cool? It, you know, I don't know. It would be heavy. I it mean, would it, be he it would definitely be heavy, be heavy and I can see the people like, oh, what are you flying it at? Oh, I'm spending about 4,200 on the head. <laughs> Motors just wound out. <laughs> it would be entertaining, no question. You know, I find that a lot of people like gas helicopters because they're different. They're sort of like the turbine conversion, which I, I've actually got a whiplash nitro turbine conversion that if you have a Wren 
a REN uh, engine, you know, I, I've got a conversion that you can turn your whiplash nitro into a turbine-powered model. And it's just something different, you know. You're not going to take it out and win XFC with it. But it's very different. Yeah. Well, I can appreciate that. Let's see here. Somebody I haven't talked about is uh, somebody Justin has worked with is Helibug. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, Ollie's got to. Uh, Ollie's um, continuing to make things for the T-Rex, uh, particularly the 700. He's got a couple of new things going on. Um, he came up with a design which he calls the open source and kind of an unusual name. It's uh, an all-aluminum structure. He now has what's called the V2 of that that currently supports these Zenoa RC engines. It'll also support the OS Max GT15. And he says he's going to put some other engines in it. Uh, I suspect like four-stroke engines. Don't know. Um, I don't get a lot of inside huh. information from him currently. So I don't know where he's going with that. But you can see the, that new product on his site. <clears throat> he's also advertising... Something called a mumtaz. A mu excuse a, me. A, a mum, what? Mumtaz three twenty. I, I think that is a um, maybe a Turkish word. I asked him one time, "What is what the hell is a mumtaz?" And it's a real word. I googled it and found it, and I don't remember what it means now. But it means like excellence or something of that nature. I have no idea what it is. According to the description, it has some sort of special transmission in it. I have no clue. But he's advertising it, and I assume it will eventually come out, and I would assume it is for the Zenoa 320-size engine, which uh, is a larger version of this RC format that, by the way, is incompatible with virtually every model currently made. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there you go. Ex Except for the Leviathan goblin conversions, because they were made to allow you to mount them if you want to. Oh, wow. And I think uh, Helibug has a mount for it as well. But anyway, he's going to apparently do something with it. And just today, he came out with something called a trism. And it appears to be a plate that you mount on top of the frame set for a uh, a T-Rex 700 that lets you mount the servos radially around the main shaft as a la a KDS or a SAB or any of the other current models doing that. Very <clears throat> nice. Trying to really like, do, I mean, high, highly modified. Yeah. Kicking it up a notch or two. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Probably since we last talked, Dan, your your favorite guy, Chris Bergen, has gotten out of the hobby business. He announced in January that he was not going to sell helicopters to hobbyists anymore unless you buy it fully built, ready to fly. Oh. Anyway. So he's doing industrial multi-rotors. And industrial single rotors. Okay. Still camera ships and stuff like that, right? Yep. Yeah, that uh, seems to be what he's doing. And, you know, across the board, and I know you guys see this, virtually all of these manufacturers 
They're they're spending less time with single rotors and more time with multi rotors because that's where the money is. Yeah. And yeah, if you're it's dealing impacting with, the entire damn hobby, not just gas. <laughs> and if you're dealing with government or any sort of commercial uses, you know, they're not they're not trying to buy it for nickel. They just want it to work. So mm-hmm. you know, people like Chris He's, he's got a choice. Does he spend his time making something that he makes 50 bucks on, or does he make something he can make several thousand on? Duh. Pretty easy Not choice. Hard to figure. Yeah, easy choice. You know, that's stuff you're making, Dan. Look at all the money you guys are going to make. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, poor Dan. Not making money yet, huh? <sighs> Making sweat. Oh, it's about all I'm making. Dude, well your next your next design has to have a gas gas power plant in it. There you go. And not to be remiss, just last week, I know you, I heard you guys talking about the uh, Gowie, what is it, the R1, the speed helicopter? Mhm. Well, there is not going the to be R-type, a speed yeah, gas helicopter. R. Yeah, no speed yeah. gasser. No no speed gasser that I know about. But they they did introduce something called the GX9 which is a 900-class Gowie helicopter uh, for payload use. It uses their own Gowie 50cc single-cylinder four-stroke engine. And they do have a video of it flying. Uh, oh, that is sport. that thing that we saw at one of the trade shows late last year. Oh, is it? Oh, the engine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's a big giant. It's a big giant engine. Oh, now remember I remember that thing yeah, Nick, yeah. where we were like, I don't know what this is for, but it is freaking awesome looking. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful engine. It really is. So they built a helicopter around it. It's called the GX9. If you go to their site, you'll find some stuff on it. I know they had it on their Facebook page. Intended to carry a payload. Uh, in fact, uh, with the payload, I think the all-up weight is 33 pounds. Wow. That's a whole lot of hell. You said 33? Yes, and it'll fly for two hours with a 33-pound payload. Well, that's not messing around. That I is mean. serious business. Now, it appears to, to be about four grand. Uh, I don't know what it's going to sell for, but that's what they're they're saying it sells for. And I think it is ready to fly. Well, I guess if it's ready to fly, that's a, a little more feasible for someone. Not me. Yeah. Four grand ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for you. Not, yeah. not in the speed world, man. That's Yeah, that's the first four hours of your purchases. <laughs> that's like uh, one ESC, man. Yeah, it's a bit... <laughs> Yeah, thanks, thanks Dan. Got an airframe <laughs> and a coupon for a cosmic. <laughs> a coupon. I tell you, speed stuff is cool, though. I like it. Oh, I know. What's really cool <laughs> is if one of the ba- batteries go off in it while it's while it's at full power. That's that's really cool to watch. <sighs> I oh, have thanks, yet, to- Carrie. There you go. <laughs> I have yet to personally witness a speed crash. And while I do not want that to be my friend, I really want to see one. 
don't even say it, man. Well, you're not. I know you're not going to be at the Jamboree. If you go over to the Speed Cup, there's usually somebody's that doesn't make it. Mm. It's true. They uh, they they bore a big hole in the ground. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Can we go back to, I liked the gas topic better, Carrie. <laughs> I think we should stick with that. That sound of a carbon fiber fuselage cartwheeling down the down the flight line. Splintering. Splintering. Uh, Mixing up the innards like a like a little bag of mush. Once I saw it did not cartwheel, it was more of a splat and it just Yeah, yeah. Okay, on. we're done here. <laughs> It's like, so, it, it's like it got dipped in Montel's juicer. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Speed juice. Speed juice, yeah. Like a bug on the windshield. That's awesome. Okay. Meanwhile, back You'll barely on barely be ranch. able to make out that four, Justin. <laughs> yeah. So I've covered uh, a lot of what's going on Um you know, in the in the market that I've seen or, or that I see coming, um, a couple of more things here. Uh, still operating gas powered thoughts. It's still hosted on HeliFreak. Uh, it looks like it will continue to be until somebody tells me it's not. So if you're if you're interested in in reading some stuff, I've got uh, several years of content that I've built there. You can just go to gaspoweredthoughts.com and it will link you to a f- specific forum in HeliFreak that uh, you can read up on. Yeah, and, and the I nice intend- thing about your forum, I mean, that I've always liked is that it's well organized, Carrie, and you get all of the new product reviews or unboxing or you know just general discussion everything that you play with eventually finds its way up there in some form i have been incredibly impressed at the support i have gotten from the industry you know i'm just a guy playing with helicopters and my uh, my goal is to share as much information as I can with people about this particular niche because as as I said in when I started that forum, I was appalled by the lack of information or the quantity of misinformation, a lot of which was on purpose by people selling things that took advantage of people who wanted to play with this particular part of the hobby and they'd spend a lot of money and it wouldn't work and they'd get mad and they'd you know, declare that it's junk and it's never going to work. And, well, what we've kind of done is prove that, yeah, it does work. It works okay. It's different. Uh, It doesn't have 14 horsepower. It never will. If that's your bag, then you're not going to like this. Uh, If you want clean, if you want long, if you want cheap, it it is something you'll find interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like, uh, unless they tell me otherwise, that again this year at the Urcha Jamboree, which Dan, I'm start- slowly starting to just call Urcha because everybody else does. And Very yes. good. I, you'd catch on eventually. I figured you would. Everybody looks at me stupid when I say the Jamboree. So The Jamboree. I may have to relent and just call it Urcha. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I will do a live version of that uh, that forum at the at, uh the event again this year i believe yeah you do your little seminars right where you'll talk through a number of different topics and have a couple of other gas personalities come up as well 
Absolutely. We might even have uh, Toxic Al himself there this, this oh, year. Oh, ho, ho, nice. That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, I met him in person for the first time at OHB last year, and he really is a stand-up dude. I like Al a lot. He's a good guy. He, uh, he's been fooling with these engines for a very long time. Um, I know one of the things that frustrates him is a lot of the ideas that he pioneered and came up with suddenly appeared in other people's products. And it's just like with single rotor helicopters and the market on that. If 40 people are making them, nobody's making any money. And pretty soon, some some people aren't making them. Maybe nobody's making them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So everybody loses, basically. It is a constant He's, threat to the industry. That's for sure. It works both ways. I mean, there's lots of variety. There's lots of options. But at some point, the market, which is, I don't know if it's growing or not. I really don't. It seems to me that uh, this year in particular, it's... If it is growing, it's not much. Uh, it may be shrinking. I don't know. I really don't. Uh, but, you know, it's a finite market, and the more you saturate it, the less any individual company can, can sell and costs a lot of money to make these things. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. it does. Yeah, well, last thing I want to talk about is OHB. Uh, again, scheduled. Again, in December. Fourth, fifth, and sixth. Again, awesome. Uh, you yeah. guys will most likely be invited. We have we have more to talk about there, but most likely be invited to come. Well, you're invited anyway, but we'll we will we most can, likely uh, say yes. <laughs> we'll see if we can get your show down again. And yeah, that I, was, I was a lot fair, of fun last that was year. Tremendous amount of fun. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty impressed with them. You guys uh, had a good time. Didn't hurt anybody. Didn't hurt yourselves. <laughs> had a good time. <laughs> Anything beyond that is just a, a plus. <laughs> now, I don't. I, did any of you fly at all? Did anybody fly anything? I did. I did. Did you? I okay. did. I flew somebody else's stuff. Yeah, I flew other people's stuff. Well, that's okay. God, it was yeah. so nice down there in December. Oh, yeah. We've been incredibly fortunate over the years. The weather has been very good almost every year. Now, sooner or later, I guess we're going to get a bad day or two, but one of the ideas of spreading it across several days is at least you get one good day in there, and uh, we usually have. Hope we do again. Oh, yeah. We got a little rain last year, but it was still fine. Cooled it down. Got back to business. All right, Kerry, we're going to let you go, man. I appreciate you coming, hanging out. Thanks, guys. Have a great, uh, have a great day. See ya. Alrighty, That's take later. it easy, man. Hey, Caleb, would you mind uh, charging up my batteries while I pack up all my helis and other gear so we can head out to the field? I would love to if I could figure out how to work this charger. It's so confusing. You really need to get yourself a new one. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. I know exactly what I'll get. I'm going to head over to revelectrics.com to order myself up a brand new dual PowerLab 8 charger. 
With the pre-programmable menus and the endless customization, it's extremely fast and easy to charge nearly any battery. Thank God. Very sure. What do you guys think? Love it. I'm glad that I got I got some serious motor education yeah. in this one, which felt good because I had no idea, no idea at all. Gonna buy. I think he's gonna get a gasser, Dan. Mm-hmm. I really do. I'm feeling. I. I. Oh man, it. <laughs> I have a feeling that after flying Carl's and you know kind of learning and knowing and all this, I think that I would probably be really happy with a with a 700 goblin with the Leviathan conversion. Speaking of Carl, did you guys see the picture he posted on Facebook? I did. Got oh, his V yeah, control dude. all wrapped. Oh that yeah. That is bright as shit, Carl. It matches <laughs> yeah, his canopy. It does. Awesome. Yeah. All the cool people are getting them. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Wonder if you guys had seen it. Looks great. No, I I love it when Kerry stops by. He's uh you know, it's just he's such a wealth of information when it comes to gas and it it seems like it's getting better and better. You know, yeah. they're squeaking out a little more horsepower out of the motors and the conversions are just getting, you know, so lighter. reliable. Yes, lighter. Yeah, That's the big, that was a big thing. one. Lighter and lighter and, and lighter. These are not which again is a yeah. real key thing. I'm not sure I care as much about whether it's a conversion or a direct design if it's well executed and it's and? on a brand that's readily available. Yep. That's true. I'm I I would rather just see a straight up from the ground up gasser alley. You know, that's what I thought, man, but I I mean, I really, that's what I thought, but you know, like we were talking kind of gas or market and all that Get, creating and producing a sole gas or model is a big financial commitment, right? For, uh, for a niche side of the hobby, it would be I, like, I like this conversion because most of the times in a crash, you're not breaking conversion parts, you're breaking airframe parts skids booms you know head parts shit like that well i would Mm -hmm. way rather be able to get those at a you know at a fun fly and or at my same local normal you know online hobby store wherever and probably at a more reasonable price because they're going to be doing larger volumes that's right so it's like once you buy the conversion you're kind of just like done and and i'm just i'm not worried about it anymore and the people who are making the conversion, you know, they're putting all of their time into a smaller portion of the model, which, I mean, in theory, could potentially be a really good thing. And Leviathan seems to have proven it uh, with the Goblin conversions. I mean, they're, they're, they're I have not it. heard a single negative thing. Yeah, I think I'm going to get one. Yeah? No. Oh. Walked right into it, Nick. I knew that was going to be the answer. Uh, but I think you should get one. But maybe the E700 conversion. 
No. Yeah, I'll get one and Dan get the E700. Yeah, so I, I think that that makes perfect sense because you can still rock the gobbler and it's gas now. Wonder how much are those motors? That three hundred special uh, edition. I, you know, I don't know. I think it's you know five hundred ish. Crap! It's almost like buying the three bladed head for the JR seven hundred. That's Man. awesome. Five hundred bucks. That's a that's a single logo extreme crash. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make it seem so bad now wow i don't know I, you know the idea interests me but i i'm just not a i'm not a i guess i'm just not a big conversion fan i've always been that way you guys know that i you know what i bet you you got that on there and it's they're done so clean that you wouldn't even think that it's a conversion they are way clean now man yeah they are I've seen pictures of that uh, of the Raptor one, and it, it it's a I mean, very it well normal. integrated design. It looks yes. like look that's it. the we'll way it was it. designed to be. Yes, I'll, I'll take a look at it. We'll see. Cool. Well, hey, I'm not against doing it. Well, good. I'm not. But we'll see. You think we should uh, wrap? Don't, don't we have a... We have an announcement to make before we yeah, wrap up. Did you guys up. notice how somebody called us out on how we announced an announcement? Did they? <laughs> I missed that. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so we last, last week... We're going to make an announcement. Nick was like, wait a minute, guys. I got an announcement. All right. What is it? We're going to announce something really cool next week. <laughs> we, we, pulled a, we pulled a Gowie. No, we that pulled was a, a Gowie? Gowie? <laughs> yeah, that's what Gowie did. Hey, here's a new announcement. In three days, we're going to make an announcement. Something. And then that's all they said. Which, by the way, I'm going to sneak that in because I forgot to put it in the news. To all those people who got super, super freaking excited, uh, thinking that, that the Type R or what is it? R-Type. Is that what type it was? R, yeah. R-Type? It's a little one. Yeah, that swash plate looks really cool. But it does but, look cool. Hold on, though. It's a little one. It's like an X three ish size speed heli, right? Yeah. But Lynx, the Oxy guys, are doing an Oxy three speed. You know and why? We've already you know why got I love the Goblin three eighty. So why do you think I just updated the rules for this year's Urcha Speed Cup to include a mini unlimited class? You know what this reminds me of? Speed flying, helis that size. It reminds me of those pumpkin slinging trebu- trebuchets. Is that the right word? Yes, it yeah. is. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting, yeah. waiting for the punchline here. I'm making the connection, yep. trying to make the connection. Okay. Pumpkin Chunkin on Discovery Channel. <laughs> Pumpkin Chunkin. Because what's going to happen? It's going to be like little helis chunkin. You're, gonna, you're just going to chuck them. They're going to come flying across there really fast, faster than you expect. You're going to go out off one side, go up. And then the never see gonna it again. Disappear. That's Gone. right. You're gonna never see it again. It's gonna be like, lost it. 
Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I am calling it right now because I've seen, I mean, I've been there and watched, and, uh, dude, the big ones get real small real fast when you're hauling fast, when you're hauling that fast. And those little ones, it's going to be great. Well, and so that, that's why we're, we're restricting those, that course length to 120 meters. Uh, oh, well. And we'll see. That may still be too long. It's going to be sort of experimental. But I, either way, I think it's cool. And, you know, maybe that will happen, Nick. Maybe it won't. But the more people that are able to take part in it and at least give it a try, the better off we are. I think the more people that it happens to, the more entertaining it'll be. Well, that that too. <laughs> There's one more reason why you need to show up to Urchin this uh, year. Ah, uh, you speed guys. You're kind of like the snowboarders of the skiing world. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah it's just... What the hell does that even mean? Uh, you've never skied before? Yeah, I've skied and snowboarded. Well, that explains it. People who ski get it. <laughs> people who ski get it man skiers are like the plankers of the mountains shut up (laughs) shut up (laughs) let's get on with this announcement i'm getting tired all right so for the justin you do it i'm tired (laughs) all right last week we announced that we are going to be giving away uh a an item, a cool item for anyone who pre-registers for our fun fly on RC Flight Deck. So RCHN3 this September 17th through the 20th. Uh, if you go on to RC Flight Deck and you pre- pre-register between now and the event, you are basically going to be put into an exclusive drawing of just those people who pre-registered. Uh, and we will pull that drawing at the fun fly during the pilot's raffle time period. And it's going to be a Spartan Vortex VX1E. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. Yay. Thank you. So you're uh, already going to the fun fly. You're already going to pay to register. Just do it here, and then you get a chance to win. That's it. Yeah, yep. I mean it's uh, uh it's just another little incentive to to get yourself committed and sign up ahead of time. Uh, and I you know I want to do a shout out to to Bert and Susie over at BK Designs for um uh, helping us out with that one. So yeah, you guys, you. you know, grand scheme of things here, you know, we're not going to have four or five hundred people at our fun fly. So, and there's going to even be a smaller number <laughs> than the total number pre-registered. Probably got a pretty damn good chance. Yeah, decent odds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very. And you don't have to remember cash, because I never remember cash to a fun fly. Yes. My fun fly routine is the same. I show up, I say my highs, I get my tent set up, and then I just walk right over and I hand Ken my card, and I walk right back. And then I go pick it up on Sunday. Put it on my tab. Yep. (laughs) You hold on to this so we don't wear out your little slidey machine. Although I'll just rally up. You know that you you bring up a good point about not remembering the cash. That said, there there are still people, whether by choice or by error, 
will need to remember their cash if they don't log back onto RC Flight Deck and actually pay the pre-registration fee. Uh, because you do have the option to pre-register now and then settle the balance later online or at the actual event. And if, if that's the way you guys want to do it, that's fine. But I've actually gotten a couple of people that said, wait a minute, I never got a receipt for paying. And I said, well, let me check. Oh, wait, it's because you didn't pay. So uh, <laughs> just, you know, pay attention to that when you go through the process. And if you do want to wait to give us cash when you get there, then that's perfectly fine, too. Sounds good. Are they still eligible under that circumstance? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, can we wrap this one up? Because damn. Let's go home. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. We'll do some emails real quick. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Nick at rchelynation.com. Jesse? You would send me an email to jesse at rchelynation.com. Justin? Send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com or catch me on Facebook. I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rclanation.com. Dan Carried on the forums. If you needed to talk to someone about your citizen registration, t-shirts, hats, you could do that. Talk to, uh, send an email to ken at rclanation.com. And uh, I encourage you to go check out Facebook. Uh, great support there. We appreciate that. Check out the homepage on our website, rclanation.com. Get into a conversation with some other, with some other LA-like-minded individuals and I do think uh, this about wraps it up guys this has been episode 190 we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it have a good week guys we'll see you next Monday later later guys take it easy dudes this has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by SoCo Heli Tools Progressive RC Blade Helicopters BK Servos Rev Electrics USA and Rotary Wing RC If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.